a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Dave X Media. Rotten cabbages? What kind of slum do you think this is? Welcome, everyone. It's that time again. Babe, are you with me? Is it time? I have to set up my microphone. Oh, it's already set up. Wow, how about that? Uh, Marty, that already sounds great. You sound great all the time. I don't know how much I don't know how much runway this bit has. This whole like, oh, I didn't know we were supposed to record. It turns out we're already recording. It's like the whole intro bit. Now I've dissected it, so we'll have to do something different from now on. I've like killed it forever. Uh, also, we have a guest with us today. Hello, <laughs> hi, Fauna. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, Fauna, please introduce yourself to our lovely listeners in the Cabbage Patch. Mm-hmm. Hi, everybody. My name is Fauna. I am the host of the Cats, Tea, and Witchcraft podcast. It is a Ooh. podcast about actual witchcraft, religion, spiritual stuff, and a bunch of other things revolving those sort of topics. So I do identify as a witch, which some people are Ooh. thrown off about. Um, I have actually been on one of the other movie crew network podcast actually two of them in the yeah. past so this is my third so i'm kind of making my rounds yeah we're so happy to have you it's like and i have to say those episodes that you have been on for content and capable and yep. the restricted sections are some of my favorite episodes oh, of uh, of our podcast um in the network so really oh, nice. excited that you finally uh you know decided to grace us with your presence here yeah, on no cabbages <laughs> That sounded almost like vindictive. Like, <laughs> no. I'm so glad you decided to grace us with your presence. Hey, people's time's valuable. Time is money, you know. That's okay. I'm just a person. <laughs> yeah. So when I was actually thinking uh, about, and we had been wanting to have you on the pod for uh, for a while now, and it was our lovely friend Christina, host of Restricted Section, that connected us. And uh, but before we were looking at old episodes, I'm like. We totally miss an opportunity uh, when with the bloodbending episode that we did just uh, one or two ago. Like we were oh, so yeah, it was still a great episode. I actually think Christina was was on for that and, one, and we yeah. would not have taken it from Tina yeah. for the record. Yeah. But it was it was tempting. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we would have had to wrench it from her cold dead fingers, that but it was tempting. Funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, well, besides your lovely podcast, uh. How about could you share some of your other nerdy fandoms with us, and specifically, uh, what got you into Avatar? What's your What's your Avatar love story? Okay, so I'm going to start with just my overall nerdiness and stuff. I watched a variety of anime. I love Lord of the Rings. I've been on a restricted section group with Harry Potter, and a variety of all of those topics and nerdy things in general that come along with the very basics of major fandoms um from things like supernatural all the way to just some of the goofiest little um witchy animes and stuff like that um so when it comes to the avatar i started watching it in middle school when it was like out on nickelodeon like when it was actively on tv but i because it was on tv i never really got the chance to watch it in order for oh, the, the eternal time. struggle. God, kids, kids these days—they don't know how good they got it. When I was a kid, guess what? If you if you had the if you had the luck of a show that you were into that was also sequential, 
Good luck trying to watch <laughs> yeah, it in order because you're exactly. going to catch episode 19, then episode 5, then episode 7. And yeah. we didn't even have, like, DVR, man. Mm-hmm. Like, my house, no. It was straight-up cable. What you see is what you get. Yeah, exactly. So I didn't get to watch Avatar until in order until it hit streaming services. But then Ooh. when it came to Korra and everything, that came out when I was in college and everything. But same thing happened. Between I didn't get the chance to watch in order, and I could have probably, but when I was working, it was in the summer in between college and everything, things got a little hard because I was nannying at the time. So it was a little hard some days if we went to the pool and just other things that were going on. So I didn't get that consistent um, watching of it. And then in 2020... I finally got the mm. chance to watch all of them in the order Avatar at my own pace. Exactly. And it was just like, okay, now I actually have the ability and the time and all of them are available. Because I don't think they were available much it long before or without paying for it. I feel like Nickelodeon had its own little streaming thing for a while there. And so it was just, you could maybe watch it on on Nickelodeon's own thing. Yeah, I I remember, I think at some point it was like, when it came on Netflix, it was a big deal. Because everyone was like, finally, these are one of the shows we wanted. So watched all that, finally got the chance to start from the beginning and then all the way through Korra. Um, And I think it's a really cool show and thinking back now as a witch and someone who's just, I guess you can call spiritual and into Mm -hmm. all that stuff, the connection that it has with a variety of cultures, but also with things like the first time I heard about chakras was during Avatar in middle school. That was the first time I heard those. And now it's in almost every witchcraft book that I study. Using it or not, it is in almost every book I do and read on. At least something is mentioned with that, and it, I could attach me first learning about that to Avatar. That's uh, so cool. That is, and I love, you know, every person that we bring on, whether they're a friend or, you know, a guest, talking to them for the first time, everyone has their unique experience that grounds them to the series. But one thing that's been in common is when it came back on in 2020, mm-hmm. everyone rediscovered, and it's just just speaks, I think, to the timelessness of mm-hmm. uh, of the show. It holds up. It really does. Yeah, it does. Unlike some other uh, fandoms of ours, oh. which uh, I will go off on a quick tangent because I also, I, I like anime. I don't love anime. But yeah, it's like, it took me a while. You have to find the right ones. There's a exactly. lot of um, cringy ones. There are a lot of, yeah, yucky anime that, like, yes. dumb teenage boys will recommend that will, t- will spoil Ex- you to anime. Mm-hmm. Like, like for- Oh, you want to tell the story? Oh, it was Food Wars, and I was oh, so into the idea yeah. of just loving an sh- anime about just food, and like, I love the Ghibli films. Anytime Alex I see a-, a modern Pixar film with amazing food i just uh that's alex my... is a big foodie she has a has a passion for like i think specifically animated food is i think something you really enjoy yes any animation that like will depict food in that way is is great to her so when i was like i remember watching the first few episodes of food wars at one point and i was like there's like some boobs and some nudity here and there but yeah. for the most part it's fine and I, alex I, is I like Boobs, Alex is yeah, like I like boobs. It's no big deal. Yeah, that's funny. And then like the first episode, they like he like serves a girl like a noodle dish, and then like it, there's like this really drawn out scene where the noodles are like molesting her, and I'm like, okay, this is 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry I remember yeah, this Yeah, I couldn't I'm, get I'm past ashamed. the first episode or two because of that. I was like, oh, yeah. I heard it's really cool, but it was a little more than I expected. A little but bit. there's some other fan service ones that I don't mean to enjoy, but not like over-the-top ones, but it's just a little bit more exposure, but not like an extreme amount. But it's just like it's going to happen at some point. Even my favorite ones, like throughout – 30, 40 years of Dragon Ball, there is an obscene amount of weird nudity in other yeah, things yeah. and depictions. It, ju- it just happens. And like right. people tripping and falling into a pair of boobs. Yes. And not um, realizing it until they pull their head up and start the nosebleed or whatever. Wink, wink. It's so cringe. <laughs> and you know what? I <laughs> And I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, I grew up with Sailor Moon and there is definitely some of it even in that, which is a show mm-hmm. arguably made mostly for... Uh, you know, teenage or young adult women. Yeah. And, uh, but you know what? That I, for me, I'm, I'm slowly, like, there's some that I really like, you know, Attack on Titan, and of course, uh, Full Metal Alchemist, mm-hmm. and I, and I'm starting My Hero Academia, but for me, like, Little Witch Academia is yeah, one of my all time favorite. That it's one's so really cute. cute. It's yeah, so, like, tight and compact. Yeah, catch up on My Hero because they're finishing up the mangas, and we have three movies. I think the actual – it's going to actually come out to stream probably this fall nice. um, because that the two out of three movies are phenomenal, and the third one – the second one is, like, good, but two mm-hmm. out of three are amazing. And so – and then the anime is just, really, like, just a really good one. I'll just have to – you know what? I think that's going to be – my next, Academia is, my next project. My hair was good. Yeah. My hair was good. You just well, have to get over the first season or two of Deku crying. And once you get over that, you're good. <laughs> yeah. like, that's that's just the warning. To, that is the warning. And that's what's kind of was like, I mean, I know I dislike Deku as a character, but I'm like, all right, we, we get it. <laughs> Deku is going to Deku and um, what's his name? Big angry salt. Bakugo. <laughs> Bakugo is going to rage. Yep. It's the pop of fucking blood vessel. The same thing happens with uh, Black Clover and everything. Like Asta and some of those main character ones are the big crybabies with the really loud, obnoxious ones, and then eventually they tone down, or it just kind of like becomes Aaron a part Yeager. of it. Such a baby. Aaron it's Yeager. just you know, it's a trope. Everyone's got to play <laughs> at is. least once. Anyway, well, what you were saying about chakras, I wanted to come back to you for a second because you said that like the spirituality of Avatar is one of the things that kind of made you go, oh, like, this is a whole thing that's interesting. For me, it was a very practical uh, version of that, where Mm -hmm. I am a lover of animation. I'm Mm -hmm. a professional artist now. Uh, I wanted to be when I saw Avatar. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing Avatar and being like, wait, you mean... You mean I you mean I can... I don't have to be Japanese to make anime? You mean I can make (laughs) anime from wherever? And that was a cool moment where I was just like, yeah. (laughs) But... My my funniest bit about anime is, like, all through art school, mm-hmm. all my teachers, you got to stop drawing anime. No anime. Don't draw anime. It's, like, mm-hmm. so hated on. And I get why. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't want that to be the, your defining characteristic. But, like, if I had a nickel for every time a client has asked me to make it more anime yeah. in my <laughs> professional career, I would, I would I could pay for art school. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it, it's an in thing. Yeah. 
Well, you know what? It pays the bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, even mm-hmm. even more than that. And it's there's no more greater satisfaction in life than when, like, all those teachers that or, like, people that put you down saying, oh, you're never going to amount to that or you're just wasting your time and you can I just a, rub a it in their face. I had a like that in art school. I also went to art school. Nice. When, yeah. uh, I learned to paint through Bob Ross in the early 2000s because he was Waste really big in cheers. the 90s. Yes, right? Um and um, one of my freshman teachers, uh, he was like, oh, do a little um, project on an artist that you like. I wanted to do Bob Ross because he is the one that taught me. I watch VHSs that my dad had from the 80s and 90s. Oh, the nostalgia trip so real. And this is before like Twitch got big and everything like that. And they started mm-hmm. just nonstop streaming it on YouTube and Twitch. I use freaking BHSs to learn how to oil paint at 11 years old. I That's was so doing cool. oil paintings at 11. And Incredible. so I was like, this is a, one of the big things that really got me deeper into beyond just child art. Yeah. So I did a project on it and the teacher was like, okay, well, that's cool. Like he pa- I passed and everything because I followed the criteria. He's like, next time dude on like a real artist and i was like what oh do you i hate mean? that i knew you were gonna i knew that was where you were going with the and story. then but now he was beloved then he's beloved now we know a little bit of the corruption with the the yeah. the corporation the everything they yeah. took advantage of him and the estate and everything that came with it and his uh son and everything but other than that him as an artist like it's that weird mindset that people have of like what is and isn't art and what is and isn't useful and everything yeah, right. Yeah, and some then you hear, oh, like, all these people like, oh, Jackson Pollock, that's art. And I'm like, the fucking CIA paid people to go and buy his art to inflate the price of it so, like, the Russians would think that, oh, Americans are competitive in the art scene. Like, yeah. so, like, come uh, on. Oh, art is money laundering. That's people yeah. love <laughs> Picasso, and I can't stand Picasso's yeah. art. Like, the the, the last thing I will impart about this whole, like, the uh, career thing is when I was a kid, I remember seeing like, going to an art museum and looking at modern art mm-hmm. and being like, this is a crock of shit. This is a money laundering scheme. Yeah, right? And then I, as an adult, as like a college-aged uh, adult, I was like, oh, no, I get it. It's about the color and the composition and the feeling. And now that I'm like in my 30s, I'm like, I was right the first time. It is a yeah. money laundering scheme. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> a bullshit. Bo- a red painted square on a canvas with yeah. white borders. It- Mm-hmm. A toilet is not art. I'm sorry. A urinal this is not is, art. <laughs> this is my familiar, by the way. His name's Rory. Oh, hi, Rory. He will be joining us, maybe making the occasional squeak. Oh, my uh, cats might make an occasional squeak. I'm actually going to inherit two parrots that my parents have because they live forever. <gasps> yeah, they, they do. do. What kind? Uh, a, I don't know what type of cockatoo Sophie is. And then there is a red-headed Amazonian parrot. They're not like big ones. They're maybe oh. a little bit bigger than him. They're beautiful um, birds, though. I love I love both those species. Hercules always- is um, my dad got him when he was thirteen. My dad is in his fifties, so Hercules been around forever, and he was grumpy the day I was born. And <laughs> Sophie, we got when I was in like first or second grade, and she- we got her in like two thousand. So she's a, a sweet old girl. Baby. I love I love birds, but uh Rory unfortunately, as many mm-hmm. are other birds, one human or very small mm-hmm. number of humans. Yeah, he is animals. unfortunately he likes me and not many other people. Mm-hmm. But that's what why we love to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hercules is like that. He's been grumpy for forever. 
Hercules is a he good He loves bird you name. from the protection of his cage, babe. Yes. <laughs> you know, we all have boundaries, and one mm-hmm. thing that I for will forever be grateful, one of the many things I'll be grateful for Christina for is in this literally chained the relationship that I had with my cat, mm-hmm. which is uh, cats are about our, our consent, or lesson in consent. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm like, damn, that's so true. Because I had my dog puck for you know Mm -hmm. almost six seven years before we had and got Mm -hmm. phoebe and uh you know when she's you realize you just have to let her come to you then yeah yeah Mm. change it everything yeah my older cat does the same thing and um he um i got him for a couple years and i just moved in with my boyfriend um this fall we've been together six years though so he's been around as long as the cat has or Mm. a, a little less than my boyfriend has um but i'm mommy I'm his yep. favorite person, and no matter what my boyfriend tries to do, I'm still number one. <laughs> he doesn't like being picked up by anyone else, and even for <laughs> me, it's very limited amount of time. Mm-hmm. You see, see, like, our cat Phoebe is the exact opposite, where I didn't have her for a ton of time before I met Zach. I literally got her probably a whole month before mm-hmm. we met, but probably a whole year before we really started to date, and mm-hmm. then we moved in together a year later, and so, uh, and if there was all these rules, like, okay, the bird is upstairs, she mm-hmm. isn't allowed upstairs anywhere near, we had, like, sp- like literal spray bottles, where mm-hmm. if she came, tried to come upstairs, we'd be like, in, or try to go for the bird, I like, mean, no. You, you, can, you can talk about it now as if it were silly, but uh, she is his careful. prime. You have to! You have to, absolutely. I have reptiles, too, and when we got the new kitten a couple months ago, I was like concerned because I was able to train my other cat when I was in the apartment because I just had a single bedroom. So for the first six months, he was in my bedroom, which was very large, um, for a single cat just to chill when he was that young. It was, and but then neither one of them affect the lizards, and I'm hoping he just had a long conversation with her. He's like, "If you don't do this, you're gonna be stuck in a room for six months <laughs> when you're not home." Yeah, it's like instead of Toy Story, when you're not home, your animals they come to life and talk. Yeah, your life of pets. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So of course they were very valid precautions and boundaries, and mm-hmm. I totally respected them. Yep. But uh, now we're looking at buying our first house, and the cat is. Zach's favorite human. Or, like, <laughs> Zach is the cat's favorite human. <laughs> no, the cat is also my favorite human. I mean, it's a little bit complicated, those, those feelings. They are humans, I, right? Strongly about they right? are humans. They sure, Probably they, more intelligent than... They sure as fuck think they're people. I'll tell you they that do. much. She's... So, with Phoebe, her vindictiveness uh, is... She knows so much what we value mm-hmm. that when she... It's time for her dinner breakfast whatever meal of the day uh and she will start to do things she knows that she's not supposed to to get our attention which Mm -hmm. is number one she'll go for the couch uh and the other day she you know she go i'm sitting on the couch almost dinner time she starts to knead on the front of it i ignore her i'm like no i'm not gonna give into it she'll Mm -hmm. stop she stops a few minutes later goes around starts kneading the back of the couch i'm like no don't give in you've got this then then the third time, she goes for the book that I'm reading and oh. just starts to literally, like, almost, because she knows the yeah. books are where I draw the line. And, uh, she. What a stinker. She, yep. Oh, so, we love our children. She's the worst. She's <laughs> well, the worst. We have talked about cats. We have talked about witchcraft. 
And now I think to go with, to round out this wonderful intro with what all the things you love, Fauna, uh, tea, which has an even more connection with this episode of Avatar, which is what we're here to talk about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, without further ado, I'm Zach. And I'm Alex. And this is My Avatars, an Avatar podcast. Great. So, uh, again, welcome, Fauna. We are going to be talking about this week. Uh, Again, decided to break it up into a two-parter, because even though this episode, when it aired, uh, did so in one large episode of a chonker, 45 minutes, an hour, on time when you had those things called commercials, Mm -hmm. believe it or not, uh, or ad breaks, as I guess if you have streaming now without... But Netflix, that's not not an option. What, yeah. Not what yet, kind at least. Of, what kind of peasants don't pay the extra $2 a month? But we, we're going to do this uh, <laughs> as the credit is due, because it is still just uh, a single chapter when Mike and when Bryke wrote it. So we have, uh, this is Book 3, Fire, Chapter 10, The Day of the Black Sun, Part 1, The Invasion. That was a mouthful. Well done. I know. It was good thing I had to do my vocal exercises before to get me warmed up for that one. <laughs> okay, well, let's start out by saying that I feel like I have whiplash because we went from last week, last episode with Charlie, talking about uh, the like the whole summary for that episode is like Aang can't sleep and trips balls and then yeah. Zuko like is bummed out. That's the whole episode. Yeah, pretty much. I and feel this one, I wrote a, Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say I wrote a specific note that Zuko is sad boy. B O I. Sad boy. Sad boy. <laughs> that's 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 a note I took cuz I watched a couple of first couple episodes just to kind of like so I didn't have to rewatch all three seasons cuz I watched it a couple years ago all over again. So mm. I was just like, "Okay, let me just get the gist because I've watched it still so recently to remember." And I wrote Sad boy. And uh and can sleep. Hot yoga. There. Hot it's, yoga. It, it's amazing though how like even I if- feel like that could be made into a really nice haiku. <laughs> <laughs> even if you don't uh, even if you haven't watched Avatar in years, I feel like you can watch a random episode and it's so well strung together that like instantly the last few episodes and the forward few episodes will just start coming back to you as yeah. you watch it. Well, even for those people that have uh, watched the episode in not a long time, uh, you can come back to it and there's still so many things that stick out. But for those who haven't, don't worry. Uh, we have that summary for you. So on the day of the solar eclipse, the invasion begins. Hakoda returns with a ragtag team of several allies who the group have met during their adventures. They successfully infiltrate the Fire Nation capital as the invasion force breaks through many security barriers. Upon reaching the Fire Lord's palace, however, the eclipse begins, but Aang finds no one home. Dun, dun, dun! Yeah, this one's a bust, folks, but... Yeah, yeah. This That's feels funny. Very- I wrote bust. I <laughs> for this battle was a bust. 
fire or what is it ozai or bus like they had it all on their protest signs like they were getting themselves jazzed up doing their uh pre-invasion workout and uh yeah it just it did not come to so fruition much was leading up to this day and it just failed uh and that's this- why i really think that when we were talking about the last episode that the animators the writers the whole animation like the whole studio they needed the previous episode to jazz themselves up to finish the rest of the season because there is so many strings of bad things that just you'd think oh we've hit rock bottom we're earthbenders we know when we've hit the bottom just kidding there's a whole like molten crust beneath that and will always be there to like touch the ground with her foot and be like oh no we got so much further to fall don't want don't you worry about that yeah so there's so much more bad things unfortunately that happen yet somehow i guess the golden or the silver lining here is nobody dies somehow mm-hmm. miraculously they have zero casualties yeah there was a scene towards the middle of this episode where i remember thinking to myself wow you know the only thing that is missing right now is the like literally fodder of corpses that would be scattered all over this battlefield uh what before we get into that, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are just general uh, initial thoughts about the episode? This episode, for sure, is when if you watch it for a first time, everything, you think something's actually going to happen, and it fucking doesn't. Yeah. And it's like, I could only imagine for people who watch it for the first time or hear about it for the first time, those who didn't have those scattered episodes growing up. And, <laughs> um, so they had a little bit of a <laughs> accidental spoiler from 20 years ago. But there are some cute little things that occur in this episode when people start showing up, old friends are coming back, Aang gets his glider back. And so there's a little bit of like niceness at the beginning and everything. And then once actually gets into the nitty gritty of, okay... The good guys are having their war meeting. Sokka is struggling to talk. Aang is still nervous. Everyone else is, like, holding on to what they can because, like, this is what they've been fighting for for a literal hundred years. I know. The first time that all of the nations, other than the Fire Nation, have been able to come together and, like, even conceive of fighting back. Yeah. A hundred years of build-up. Yeah, and... No pressure, guys! None at all on a, what, 13, 14-year-old boy? It feels very much like dun, 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 dun. it feels a lot like Avenger, uh, Avengers Infinity War that like it is like a big climactic event that ends on like a like a substantial downbeat um in that like Infinity War ends with like Thanos snapping everybody away yeah. and this one it's like the freaking invasion just straight up fails yeah which is, it's like, it's so heartbreaking because watching the first half of this episode, you're just like, God, everybody's killing it. Sokka's like fighting like side by side with his dad. We've got all these epic scenes happening. They're taking out all these battlements and it like ultimately is just stuff yeah. that the Fire Nation set up for them to knock over. The Angvengers assemble. I mean, we get... <laughs> Angvengers assemble. We get the... God this episode is just stacked with cameos and you know what? Every single one of them is good. There's not a, a person that shows up where I'm like, oh, man, I wish it was blank instead. I mean, let's run down the list. Uh, we get, of course, the, their dad, Hakoda. We get, we get the Soggy Bottom Boys. Yep, from the swamp. 
Yep. And we get uh, the Duke and Pipsqueak. Yeah, we get the Jet crew. Yeah. Sans Jet. Because Jet became unalived. Because we can't say the word dead on the show for some reason. Hmm. <laughs> uh, we also get uh, Huk- not Hokoda, uh, Haru and his dad. And Haru is, you know what? He's looking a little like a bit of a hottie. He's got his mustache. Oh, his yeah. voice gave is him a very good hug. It was. It was. And you know what? It was well-deserved. And we get to see his dad, and they bring all of their earthbender reinforcements that they presumably broke out of the prison, you know, once uh, Katara had her Hermione Granger moment Mm -hmm. and uh, her speech and rallied and broke everyone out. So, And then finally, uh, Toph and her WWE buds... The hippo and the boulder. The boulder. The boulder is the best. Yeah. <gasps> okay. He's basically just Hulk Hogan. The boulder and the hippo no longer fight for others' entertainment. Now we fight for our kingdom. Sweet. Total, like, aside real quick. If we were in a pro-bending arena, whether we're talking about you know, this one with Toph where she has to claim her, her title or looking at Korra uh with like uh Bolin and everyone like what would our professional bending or your pro bending name be your persona oh uh, like like as it as in like a pro wrestler name kind of yeah thing? are you the yeah, boulder yeah. the hippo <laughs> griff <laughs> if like if if i have to think of something off the top of my head something that go along with my name fauna just because it would be like funny it'd just be like the baby deer fauna! Oh my the god! Because fawn, like deer I love and stuff. it. So like, like imagine fighting someone and losing to someone called the baby deer. And you, there, the cat deer is a animal. We yeah. actually had this conversation in our Discord earlier today, or was it yesterday? Doesn't matter. We had this conversation recently in our Discord about. It wasn't in the last ep- the previous episode koala sheep or something. Yep. There's yep. a koala sheep in this one when yep. Aang like pats it on the head. <laughs> yeah. Uh I would if I I would be a metal bender and I would just be the toaster. <laughs> well his uh <laughs> my my internet handle ever since I was in like freaking high school is has been Cyber Toaster. So that's funny. I would be the toaster. Um, I, I've got nothing. I was, uh, thinking too much and engaged in what y'all had to say, so I'll have to come back to it. Um, but it's always, like, when you're, you know, you're watching everyone on game shows, and, uh, category is, uh, the most likely places to have sex in public, and, uh, you know, number one answer on the board, airplane, and you're screaming at the TV, and then you're there in person, and the person's like, uh, 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 my backyard. (laughs) It's like, what? Uh, yeah, so when you're actually asking the questions on the hot seat, it's hard to come up, and then we're all gonna end our recordings, and they're just gonna come to us, like, you know, one after the other with all the best puns. But the no the 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 comparison I always pull is Ralphie in Christmas Story where he's up on the he's up on Santa's lap. Santa's like, "What do you want?" And he's like, "How about a nice uh, football? 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 What's a football?" <laughs> With unconscious will, my voice squeaked out, "Football." 
the football? Yeah, football. <laughs> yeah, football. It's like when you ask your significant other where they want to eat. Oh my god. Uh-huh. And they're uh, like, oh, you can pick, thinking they've done you a favor by letting you pick, but really you've just given them the burden. The burden. <laughs> How dare you? deflected the burden back onto them. No, this episode is great. It feels like the beginning of this episode is like the the prime example of like an ideal sort of climactic D&D session where all of your favorite NPCs like show up again. Yeah. Like, oh, wow, look at all, look at, is, remember him from session four? Oh, so cool. Yeah. yeah. Or before, uh, when you went to play Elden Ring and all of your buddies show up before, like, the big epic battle. Yeah, Star uh, Scourge Radon. Good job. And and I'm like, when I, and I who have just been <clears throat> sitting here, like, missing my significant other, wondering where he's been for the past two weeks, finally re- realizing, well, I'm going to have to, if I want to spend any time with him at all, I'm going to have to watch him play Elden Ring. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I had zero idea what was going on, but as soon as you see all of these, you know, the vendors assemble any time in a video game, movie, what have you, you know shit's about to go down. I'm like, oh, this this is like the boss battle. They're pulling out all the you're like they're pulling out all the cameos that you got all the all the all the big hitters here. And as Fauna said, the tension has been building for a hundred years. So, um, I mean, at the onset, honestly, I thought their chances. We all thought their chances were good. Um, and well, I, I don't know. There is like a there's like a tiny force, and they're still going up against a whole fucking nation. So it's almost like. You know, there's all those scenes in the beginning where those those ships are, like, shooting giant catapults of fire. Oh, great. Bird, what the fuck is wrong with you? What do you do? <laughs> he pooped on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the joys of having a bird. Do they have bathrooms in the spirit world? As a matter of fact, they do not. <laughs> Hold, please. <laughs> he didn't, did he do the tail wiggle? Of oh, yeah, course. he did the, he always does the tail wiggle. This is what happens when I don't have uh, treats to bribe him with, is uh, he no longer listens when I tell him to go somewhere else. <laughs> well, um, Amazon is, uh, we, we were supposed to be getting more bird treats in today, but they also decided to completely repave our road today. And so the Amazon delivery driver probably just turned yeah, down our street and was, like, was like, sorry, no! Sam. Wow. He's like, nope. Turn not happening. That's why they should all just have a drone and just get the drone to take it the rest of the way. Right? Don't even, don't even, inter- don't even entertain that future. <laughs> what the drones? You mean you don't? You mean the drone swarm future is not something that appeals to you? Nah. Uh, the only Children. types of drone delivery service I would trust if it, they were Airbenders in the world of Avatar. <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah, but considering, like, all, and oh, the last person that we missed, who, and honestly, the one thing that I really wanted to talk about was the tech this episode, we get, um, the mechanist and his son, and I know that's not, like, the, the Southern Air Temple is not everyone's favorite episode, um, but, you know, I was here for it. I thought it was, uh, I really liked the technology in that episode and how he was forced to kind of help the Fire Nation against his will. And yeah, now that, he's coming that's back. normal thing. Yeah, exactly. And, mm. uh, unfortunately he gets to see some of his, um, things being used for evil, essentially, but 
There's also a new <laughs> piece of tech thanks to Sokka and his adorable little drawing. Oh my god! Turned into a badass air bending or well, water bending awesome thing. Like yeah. a fucking submarine. It's like a. It's. I feel that this is the first piece of tech that we see that is something that is a bridge between the tech of Avatar and that world and then the tech of Korra. Yeah. 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 And and of course, unfortunately it has to do with war. Um, And, you know, just like, you know, oh, in our world. It definitely (laughs) is a really big reason why technology does progress in everything because you're creating things that are a hundred percent out of necessity is it depending on how you consider that with war because you have no other choice. And then it becomes a part of everyday, like, Right, it's, it's advance. <laughs> it's advance your technology, or the enemy will fort first. Speaking of drones, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, well. Uh, I just want now. I want to see. I want like a one of those old like submarine movies where they have to like bust out the schematics to like look at where they have to go, and they bust <laughs> out the schematics, and I edit in like in Sokka's crew drawing instead. It's like a big fishy with people <laughs> in its belly. Yeah. Essentially I, Jonah and the whale, but I was going to say, it's Jonah. <laughs> it, either that or uh, <clears throat> Geppetto inside the whale and Pinocchio. Yeah. Uh, I but th- I very much, and it's no secret that Sokka is my favorite character on this show. And, you know, the pressure being the ideas guy and also having to express yourself artistically. And, you know, here I am. I have all these ideas for amazing fan art. And I just look over at my amazing partner that's a very talented artist. Uh, and the amount of imposter, not, it's not even imposter syndrome. I can't draw for shit. Uh, and just here, this is my just, idea. <laughs> you just gotta, just gotta go to Mid Journey. Just tell Mid Journey you want Avatar art and they'll oh make my- it for you. Are you familiar with Midjourney Fauna? Mm-mm. Oh, God. This thing is, it's going to depress you, I'm sure. <laughs> it certainly depresses me. No, it is a it is a machine learning AI on oh. Discord that is exceptionally good at making generated artwork. Hmm. Like, you will tell it to make, like, uh, a monk meditating by the fire in a clearing of the forest, and it will produce a painting that looks, that has all those criteria in it. Like, it's ridiculous. I have no idea how it does it, how it works, how it makes the things it makes, because you will look at some of this art and you'll be like, oh, there's no way a computer did that. But they did. Yeah, that's that's wild. It's incredible. The future is more than here. Otherwise, I'm here drawing chibis just so I have some cute for my, <laughs> my groups, <laughs> characters and sessions. So oh, cute. Man. Well, I mean, so yeah, Sokka, he's the ideas guy, and he has been doing all sorts of research for this invasion. I mean, he has the schematics, and probably, which I think he got according, uh, if I remember correctly, did get some money from Toph in the Runaway episode to go buy some maps, which we see perfectly spread out on this mountainside as he's getting ready for his big presentation. And then I... But as I go through this episode, I'm like, okay, more than just having maps, like, they had to have detailed notes and uh, drawings, Intel. like, like architectural blueprints of where these, like, I mean, when they're breaking through the, um, what are they called, uh, the, the towers or the strait of, um, 
what is it? Azulon. Azulon. Yeah, Azulon. There we go. Uh, when they're going past Azulon and those statues in the water and then going underneath to, mm-hmm. like, explode. the They the- had to know. Yeah. And I'm like, where did they get it? And it had to have been from the library. That is my guess. When Sokka was in the yeah. library and He's- they found out initially about the Day of the Black Sun, they- he also had to have gotten these schematics of these the subs- can fit perfectly through these damn holes. Like, they were built to go through these holes. Yeah. He's like, definitely a smart character, and it's sad that he's, for a long time, he was only played and showed as, like, the comic relief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he's very competent, and, like, his supposed lack of competence is, I think, his greatest weapon, because he yeah. is good at convincing people that he's not a threat. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, people talk about... The character arc for Zuko, which don't get me wrong, it's an incredible arc. But the more we get into this episode, it's not until finally, spoilers, the next episode, the part two, this is that he finally turns and gives his dad an earful and stands up for what he's like, no, this is what I'm saying my future is going to be versus someone else telling it to him. And it takes him all this time and we're like, just season three is Zuko, pick a lane, my dude. Like, which way are we going? We all forget like, how long it takes Zuko to join Team Avatar in Season 3. Like, I feel like everybody remembers Season 3 as like, oh, Zuko's on Team Avatar in Season 3. But it's literally, like, half the episode, or half the season before he joins. Yeah. Yeah. So, but whereas Sokka, he has had his character arc is so solid, and it's just, it goes through so much, and even and his up- poor heart. I know. I know. I That's just rough, love, buddy. I just love... Sokka's practicality. I've said this many times on the show, yeah. but I just have so much respect for Sokka just being like, hey, we saved your village. Maybe you could, like, give us some fucking money and food and, like, maybe try to, you know, make our journey a little less miserable, perhaps. And he's a non-bender. So yeah. he has to, like, emotionally deal with that while his whole crew is different right. benders. Plus his sister being top-notch, and then Aang and Toph, and just in general, like, just all of those things, and the few things where, like, oh, he's gonna get his day, he's gonna get mm-hmm. the girl. One of them It'd turns like into if- the moon. The other one <laughs> yeah. had too many things to do. Like, all the different things, like, this yeah, honestly, to catch a break. Of that's- so- some sort of break. Something. Just one thing. That doesn't involve a sword. Like, okay. go on. That is a really good point, though, Fana. I'm glad you mentioned it. Is okay, Suki. I understand that she's quote busy, but like my girl, where yeah. were you this episode? Where are the Kyoshi yeah. warriors? Yeah, like, she's, it she's, doesn't get more important than taking over. The- she's like in prison, isn't she? <gasps> oh fuck, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Like that's what Suki. Like uh, yeah. so, the next episode, Azula uses. She does that. come up at some point for those. Spoiler alert. Uh, yeah, Azula <laughs> uses that against. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Sokka is like giving this war proposal, this like war meeting thing, and he's like, "All right, here's my chance. I'm gonna go up there. I'm gonna impress the shit out of everybody." He comes out with one of those little like Steve Jobs mics on his cheek, and he's like, "How's everybody doing today?" And then it's it's almost like he crumples and. Becomes what's the what's the kid's name? Chunk, right? In um, mm. the Goonies. Goonies, yep. He becomes the he becomes Chunk when the when those goons are putting his hand in the blender, and it's like. Well, don't give us none of your bullshit stories, huh? <laughs> hey kid, I want you to spill your guts. Tell us everything. 
Everything. Everything. Okay, I'll talk. Katara and I discovered Aang frozen in an iceberg. Now, I didn't like Aang at first, but I grew to love him over time. Then we went to the Southern Air Temple where Aang used to live, and then we met Suki as a Kyoshi warrior. Notes to, to editing Zach. By the way, editing Zach, you're doing great. Uh, also, editing Alex, if this is your first main feed episode that you're doing um, processing for, good job. You're doing great, babe. Good. Thanks. Thank I'm, I'm Thank hoping. It wasn't. Yeah, we're uh, spoilers <laughs> behind the uh the production Kill curtain, Kill curtain. Um, i'm trying to take on because this podcast would not exist without mm -hmm. zach and his editing <laughs> and uh i'm not i'm i'm sure i'm that you have you edit probably your own podcast so yeah. uh and you can empathize yep yeah oh my god and you're weekly yeah. oh i couldn't do weekly i did, so much I mad respect mad. for that yeah i'm hitting uh not including um uh, my um uh, bonus episodes that are only like a few minutes versus also when I have like it's not commercials. I keep thinking of word commercial, but it's just like in between uh, seasons kind of thing. Like yeah. mm -hmm. that thing talking about what the next season's gonna be like for like a minute. Um I am coming up on ninety eight as of this weekend wow. episodes. Congratulations. That's, yeah, that's so it, it's so a lot amazing. podcasting is definitely yeah, so I'm almost at a hundred in just fifty thousand <laughs> short of five hundred thousand listen so it's it's ugh. that's incredible and i make that's no so money doing it <laughs> zero <laughs> money welcome to podcasting right mm -hmm. <laughs> even the big ones don't really make ends meet yeah. well we are much smaller but it's also the same amount of legwork, and you know what yeah. it's just you really gotta love what you do so man do we really like avatar <laughs> yeah. um but can't wait to listen to your 100th episode once that comes out that's fantastic and just like the gang so much to be you know proud for everything they've been working for because they certainly are not getting paid either uh until they <laughs> uh are able to dispose of fire lord ozai um so but and and it makes sense kind of with what their strategy and i i can see what sokka's going for but the one thing that i feel is like a detail that probably should have been discussed prior to you know like to the very day before when that you're getting ready to invade all your cards are on the table is and and the boulder, you know, he's not just all bronze, y'all. He's got some brain and raises his like, uh, is it the point to invade during the eclipse? Not yeah, that uh, was really funny. And um, he's like, Kokoda's like, oh yeah, we only got eight minutes, so we're gonna be invading for probably the whole day, if not several <laughs> hours before uh we actually get to the Fire Lord and Egg is going to have all of eight minutes. And it's like, and you the margin for error on this plan just became a lot smaller, my guy. And you, yeah. you know, you know that at some point they roped in all these extra people by being like, no, it's totally cool. We got this eclipse. Like we're going to be able to just sweep them. And then we get there. It's like, yeah, sorry guys. Yeah, I forgot to mention this. We got like eight minutes, brah. <laughs> Can you imagine trying to, I mean, I get pressure when I try and like recreate a meal at home and it's like prep time, like 
20 minutes. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to add 10 minutes onto that. It's going to be 30. An hour later, and I'm still mm-hmm. cheered, chopping shit. And I'm like, 10 minutes? Okay, yeah. so eight minutes? Yeah. So, and we, you, you've already seen the pressure and, uh, the public speaking crumbling. I can only imagine where it's like, and, For some reason, every time when you're under those high-pressure situations, there's always some type of clock counting down where you have seven minutes remaining, and it just adds to the pressure even more, like, oh, oh, fuck, there's only seven minutes, and you just, you get focused on how much little time you have, and then, oh, there you go, sorry, Aang, it's it's over. Yeah, Uh, and literally, it's make or break, because it's mostly on Aang, because mm -hmm. once, essentially, that concept is if the Fire Lord goes down... Eventually, it'll just take probably X amount of minutes for them to realize that what's happened, and then they'll probably back down. But, like, if Aang doesn't make it, they're done. They're done. Until yeah. there's another Avatar, the Fire Nation will continue to do it. It could be another who knows how many years. Because before he was reawakened, he still existed. He was still alive. Mm-hmm. There is still a chance, but if Aang actually fails, there is no chance, at least for another 20 to 30 years until another Avatar is born, mm-hmm. retrained, and actually gets to the point where they can do it, if they do. And Yeah, also- the stakes are, they couldn't be higher. Yeah. Um, and at least the only consolation is knowing that the next avatar is not going to be a firebender because we already know the previous yeah. was a firebender in Roku. So, yeah. I mean, that is like the very bare bottom, but we, I also, as a viewer, I don't think realize the gravitas of the situation until Aang is saying goodbye. Like everyone's got the plans. They're like, okay, this is what we're doing. Um, you know, that we get the moment with Sokka and they can't find him and Aang is like, yo, dude, it's okay, you didn't botch your moment. Like, no one's gonna public speaking and, you know, Aang rallies him and yeah, then, yeah. you know, he's saying goodbye to Katara. So- and- Sokka finishes his, his life story and he's like, all right, the- thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Uh, <laughs> see you later. And he's saying goodbye to Katara and he's like, what if I, like, never come back? And then we finally get... For some people, one of the biggest payoffs the entire series, we finally get all we wanted. Katang is manifested, you know, in the flesh. Here we go. Yeah. Beyond the secret tunnel, we finally <laughs> got something. <laughs> yes. Secret, secret tunnel. Um, it is out, out in our, the open. All shout of, out to our exit, to our outro theme. Yeah. Can, I was going to say the next thing, can we talk about Iroh? <gasps> yes. Yes. I'm so glad you brought up Iroh. Great call, yeah, for sure. Iroh, yeah. Ugh, badass. Just badass. He just, like, he imparts to this girl, like, very clearly what his intentions are and what she should do about it. And she just, he he speaks with such conviction and such, like, poise and seriousness that she just nods and walks away. That is a nat 20 persuasion check if I have never seen one. She understood the assignment. Yeah, it reminds me <laughs> it reminds me of the time and there's a there's a scene in John Wick where John goes up to the the security guy at the nightclub that this the his target is at and uh the security guy he's just like how's it going John and uh, John Wick is like Hey, Mitch, or whatever his name is. He's like, 
hey, why don't you take tonight off? And he's like, thank you, Mr. Wick. And just walks off into the sunset. <laughs> like, I know what this is. You don't have to tell me twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, in Iroh, you know, he's been biding his time in prison. And before, I, Ming, I believe, is the character of the Fire Nation guard, who is, a f- we can presume to be, a woman, um, yep. and I think that's totally badass. You know, she's you know working in a prison, but she's still obviously a member of the military. So um, I like that. The that's one thing about the Fire Nation is yeah. you know they they have a gender inclusive military, which is I guess progressive for their time. Uh, and then, but we see the opposite of her, the the male soldier that's treating mm-hmm. Iroh with complete shit, and um, how like we a- could expect. Um, you know, tra- like, tra- yeah, yeah tra- like people that have been accused of treason or prisoners of war or would normally be treated in the Fire Nation. Uh, yeah. a, a fascist totalitarian government having a um, non-gendered military is like a broken clock being right twice a day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> take it with a great assault. Yeah. I also, but like the one, my favorite part of the relationship with uh, Ming, besides her understanding the assignment and being a good good student, uh, is she realizes that Ira loves tea and mm-hmm. brings him a rare jasmine and just, you know, understands that even though if he is a prisoner, you know, I'm still gonna treat you with as a human being versus yeah. defining you by your imprisonment um, and completely dehumanizing you. And I, oh, for no. the equation... Oh uh, no, do you hear that? Do you hear that? Oh my god, that's the sound of a real tea corner. Why don't you enjoy a cup of calming jasmine tea? More tea, please. I hope I made it the way you like it. Mm, good. Did you really mean that, Uncle? Of course. It is, yeah. So here we are, keeping it short and simple, real tea corner. There's no shade to throw this week. Just the fact that I'm actually finally drinking tea while I'm... Uh, recording the pod, <laughs> and it is Ice Jasmine Rose in honor of Iroh. So, yes. yeah, my Cheers question for you, Fauna, is, uh, you know, there we go, bringing it the third pillar of your podcast. Uh, when you like tea, what is, how do you like to enjoy your tea? Um, I usually, I do coffee and tea. Coffee is usually my morning thing, and tea is usually my evening drink. Nice. Um, my three main ones that I really like is, just a really good green tea, a little bit of honey, a lavender tea with milk, and maybe a little bit of honey or sugar, depending on the type, and just a, a chai. Those are like my three favorite, uh-huh. like a spiced um, chai with some milk and everything. So those are my go-tos. Like I like peach ones and some other like fruity I love a ones. Good peach. And sometimes floral. I'm more of a fruity flavored like drinker and stuff, unless it's a little more. I've finally um dove into like more oolong and stuff like that as i learned more about it and like how it's how they roast it and how the leaves open up and how long you're supposed to leave it in because there's so many styles of drinking tea and that's one of the things about iroh is how passionate he is about tea and everything and i probably have like 300 dollars worth of tea in my cabinet from this tea place that's close to where i live but it's expensive but you don't need a lot of the, the buds or the flowers to produce good quality or even a substantial amount of tea. You just need a little bit. And if you enjoy it and drink it according to like temperature at a proper pace, you could definitely reuse some of the leaves and everything, but enjoy it. And they even can taste and change as you reuse the leaves as well. 
I just learned so many things. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Between like first cup and second cup and stuff like that, if you look at the different, depending on the type of tea, the color and everything else, um, there's different ways and different styles. Like there's the Japanese styles of tea sets, there's Chinese style of tea sets in the way mm-hmm. one or the other. And then there's like English style tea, which I think a lot more people pay more attention to within European culture and everything like that. But if you dive into more of the traditional Asian styles of tea and everything, there's so many different things that we just have been ignored by European culture when it comes to such an art. Tea, uh, creating the tea, and drinking the tea is an art. And Iro is a very good person to demonstrate that because he has such a passion for literal leaves. Yep. But But it's just hot leaf juice. Yeah. How could a member of my own family say something so horrible? (gasps) (laughs) spits it out um i'm the zuko in this conversation i'm just like tea is tea it's hot leaf juice i think that is the perfect and that one of the reasons i love iro so much is you know you can learn and no matter where you're coming from no matter what your day has been what your life experience uh your age you know your your ability your gender your your cultural background like most people First, it's food. Everyone needs food to survive. But the second is tea, like a good cup of tea or coffee, like whatever it is that you that you enjoy. Uh, even if you don't speak the same language, it's just an act of bringing people together. And as you like, you know, especially if you're hosting, like taking the time to figure out how, uh, you know, your guests take their their drink. And um, yeah, it's it's very meditative, at least uh, for me. I. Uh, you know, I do, we, we enjoy some other extracurricular activities. Uh, but one thing that I like when I'm, you know, also like, I love grinding the leaves and, mm-hmm. and steeping them for like, yep. and like that preparation and that ritual. And at least for me, you know, mm-hmm. I, uh, I don't ascribe to a whole like school, um, of witchcraft. I'm still very early trying to figure out, you know, what things work for me and, mm-hmm. um, what don't, but like growing up as, you know, Catholic, there was a lot of religious trauma, like working through that. But one thing I realized is the ritual, even though mm-hmm. I don't ascribe to the meanings behind the ritual, like the actual act itself of doing something on that regular basis with a certain reverence. Yep. Um, I think, yeah, and that meditative thing yep. and tea is a perfect vehicle for that. Yeah, and Iroh is the grandfather, uncle, father, brother, whatever older male representation that we all wish we had. Right. Yeah, it's true. And it's the true. one he's that we don't model. deserve. Right. Even he's though a- he's had a troubled past, and it's probably most of it probably wasn't that he wanted to, is out of duty because of royal family, essentially. Yeah. Well, he so. probably, at some point, I mean, the thing is about regimes like this is it just brainwashes you yeah. you spend your like entire Zuko, life like eventually yeah. he went oh you wait. spend your entire life convincing yourself that you want to follow your duty that you want that honor and it turns out most of the time you're just you just want it because society has convinced you so yeah well um one thing i also wanted while we're talking about meditation and tea and you know outlooks is and one thing i want to get your take on fauna is we learn at the actual beginning of this episode while they're getting ready and ang says you know oh i we know he can't enter the avatar state but the reason is because his chakra ever since 
Azula, you know, struck him with lightning and killed him, uh, mm-hmm. essentially, before he was killed by, or Not killed, killed by him. Censor, censor, censor. Sorry. He was, he was ended. He was, he was gone. He was not there anymore. Lights out. Can't say death. But his chakra was blocked, and now he's unable to connect with the spirit world and access the Avatar state and all of his previous lives. So is there any kind of uh, correlation for these types of things uh, in the real world? Obviously, not maybe not connecting with a literal spirit world, but yeah. um, just like, yeah, the, the, the importance, though, of chakras and, and what that means for your practice. Um, for those who follow the concept of chakras and chakras, chakras, whatever you call it, and depending on how deep you get into it, um, I'm not an expert on it, but from what I have studied, there are like the seven main ones that a lot of people know of and the ones that they go over in the show and everything. I think there's a lot more, but they're just connected to different things and all the more complicated things. Like it could be just as complicated as astrology and that's a a nightmare of itself. But Mm -hmm. if you just kind of think about the various points within yourself, if you at least know where the points of chakras are, they're centered on major aspects, if it's physically or emotionally, um, even if you don't refer to anything as chakras or chakras, if you feel like you have a mental block, a physical block, or just if it's like mental health, physical health, anything like that, if there's a block of some sort within your being, your soul, or just trauma, he's gone through a lot of trauma. Lightning essentially is a trauma. He has Mm -hmm. to overcome those traumas, the fears, the love, the hate. You could see maybe the Jedi, that's why they want to prevent certain things, the traumas that prevent you from connecting to the forest or take you to the dark side or all these things, the reasons why we need to try to balance ourselves. Um, So I do feel that the trauma that he's experienced and the fear and the pain is definitely a main reason because I feel like when he was talking to can't remember that guy's name when he was trying to tap into that last one. He was like, you need to like let go. Mm-hmm. There are certain things that people hold on to so tightly, it does prevent them from growing to a certain extent. Like, it's just an example. So yeah, there is some merit if you follow the cons of the chakras or just the idea of mental health and things that hold you back emotionally, physically, whatever it is. Yeah. And that was, I think, Guru Patik was Mm -hmm. the name of uh, Aang's teacher. But even then, like, and this is something that harkens back to Iroh and why he is, like, the thing that we didn't even know we need is, uh, you know, he needed to, like, Guru Patik to Aang was like, you have to let go, like, that love, that that last thing that's, like, holding you here. And then, uh, but whereas he's commiserating with, or confiding, rather, in Iroh in the tunnel as they're taking over Bossing Say, and Iroh's like, if we don't have love, then what's worth fighting for, man? Like, come on. Like, mm-hmm. like so the, there is no more noble or beautiful thing to fight for than love. And I think that's what, you know, what centers Aang. Um, and that's why, he, you know, he's fighting for, for, for everything, not just for Katara, but for all of, you know, their survival. Mm-hmm. I just think, like, I love that scene so much. And I know it's, like, a little off-topic because it was, like, a minute ago. But that scene where Aang is talking to Iroh is so crucial to me because Aang... I think Aang doesn't see what Iroh sees, which is that the guru telling him to basically, like, shed all of his earthly relationships and, like, don't seek out love and don't seek out happiness is just another person enforcing duty 
in a way. It's it's Iroh is like, no, fuck that shit. You don't live your life for a government or for enlightenment. You live it for yourself. And there's, I think, incredible value in that. Yeah. And you just need to find whatever that balance is for you because it can be different for other people. If it worked for one avatar versus another versus yeah. the guru himself, some people can let go and be happy, but some people don't. He needs that love, that love for Katara, his friends, the world himself, and everything that he finds of value to him. And it's like he values the whole world. He's a little boy. He's a young boy, and he's seen so much in such a short amount of time, and he has so much passion for everything. And he needs that passion to for him to continue. He can't just be like, fuck everyone, but I'm still going to help them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's got the whole world in his hands. Uh, well, we're in for the other people. I don't think it was just Aang who was trying to find ways to, you know, to work through their trauma and letting go in this episode. I think for me and this is where you know i think my final thoughts would be there's so many amazing things we can talk about this episode all the tech all the invasion and uh you know those creepy like caterpillar robots that the uh earth benders were moving like the flintstones and you know you just you just we really see um all the planning that went into this and it all comes back to me for Sokka. Flintstones, ancient Earth nation, for sure. <laughs> like, headcanon confirmed. Um, the crossover episode we didn't even know happened. It's the reason why everything's made out of rocks. It's because it's easy for them to move it, because they're Earthbenders. So, I think, yeah, for me, Sokka is the one that's able to let, really let go and uh, gets over his insecurities and all of, you know, the voices in his head telling him what he should do or what he can't do. And then finally, um, and just living in that shadow of his father and sure his father, Hakoda gets injured um, as they're just, like halfway through trying to take down some of the battlements across the top. What well, before they get their final push. <clears throat> um, but it's, more than that, I feel, and he really it it his it wasn't just his father getting injured. It was something that hit, that Sokka has been working through the entire series up until that moment. Um, and then it was fi- like all the planning that he did, all the late nights, like keeping people and the party on track. Uh, you know, they call him the ideas guy, the planner. Um, and you know the uh, Stefano's point earlier, the comic relief, all of those things, like each character whether it's Aang, Sokka, Katar, they all have different burdens that they're resting on their shoulders. But for me, Sokka in this episode was really um, about him and coming into um, the leadership role that he was really meant to, to, to fill. And he found, he found his purpose. And uh, not an artist. No. A leadership role. Not, <laughs> not an, artist. an artist. Sorry, Sokka. Find a new hobby, Sokka. We're sorry. I just don't think it's, it's like that. It's like those aliens in the Bob's Burgers movie when they come down and they're like, Maybe you should just see if art is, like, your thing or not. <laughs> yeah. Um, other final thoughts on the episode? Tawana. Get prepared for the next few episodes, because it's getting close to the end and everything that everyone's been waiting for, watchers and everyone with Oh my god, the end! We, oh. the, the whole series has been building up to one moment, and that's a poorly acted play based on the past two seasons um the there are a couple of moments that i want to shout out just like intermingled with other things i think when uh 
Sokka and Katara go up to take out the um the sort of battlements up at the top, the like the sort of towers. That's really sick. There's that scene where the or like those barrels of water on Appa's sides like burst open and like Katara uses the water to freeze over one of the towers. There's just a lot of cool little like singular moments from the battle that are really fun and really interesting. Lots of cool combat. We see again, we see a great use of CGI, which was still pretty pretty new to TV at that point, I mm-hmm. feel. I don't even want to know what the yeah. budget's like I feel the budget really started oh, yeah. to go into these last couple episodes. Which is funny because it feels like you want the budget to be funneled towards the end. You could have easily done the last episode where the he can't or Ang can't sleep. You could have easily just done that as like a bottle episode and used clips from the series, like just done like a a, like a flashback episode. But they didn't. They made it a weird, trippy, fucking dream sequence and i love it i'm glad it wasn't a flashback because filler episodes in anime are such a plague on anime they're (laughs) such a problem they're like when the anime is a slave to its schedule there will always be filler episodes um but you know what they still they i think they did a good job job with it and any any water cooler conversation or any comic that got thrown onto a a post-it note in a meeting that definitely, or like a storyboard that was like thrown into the trash. They're like, no, keep that shit. And they just yeah. threw it. Was it was like what I said last episode, which is like, or yeah, last episode, which is like, there were just a couple of weebs on the writing team that have been chomping at the bit to like throw in all their dumb references. And the team was finally like, all right, guys, you get this one episode, get it the fuck out of your system. And I don't want to hear about it again. <laughs> all the people, all the people that were saying, this is not an anime. This can't be an anime. It's not made no, in Japan. It, it definitely is an anime because Aang has <laughs> chains that have like five inch links. Okay. Uh, Nobody wears chains that thick unless they're in an anime. All the different haircuts in his dream sequences. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So much hair, which, oh my God, that's like finally. Yeah. And I think for me, Book also a scene. That I said, we an ongoing joke Fana, for the podcast when we did book two was, oh, it's going to be book two air or earth. It's book two hair because <laughs> there was just like so many moments throughout that, like whether it's cutting off their top knots or Azula and how perfectly her hair is placed. Like there's so much about hair in book two, but here we are then in book three and Aang lets hair grow back. And now we, the scene where he just shaves it all off. He gets his new glider, allows his arrow to show, which we haven't seen in 10 episodes yeah. close yeah. to. Yep. And uh, then the cute little koala sheep comes up and which I'm not sure if that's like a call to like the Aang and the shepherd and uh, that kind of archetype. But I thought that was a very subtle uh, show example of showing not not telling and you know, mm-hmm. Aang's back, baby. Got us all hyped just to let us down. When knock, knock, who's there? Not Ozai, because he's not home. And yeah. that's where we end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Aang flies into Ozai's chamber like no one's around. It's like the whole castle is like everybody's getting ready for some flash mob or something because nobody's around. Aang's like, yeah. what the fuck? Burst through the front door. Yeah, Mark and- Hamill is not there. Yeah, <laughs> the voice he's of Ozai. Gone. He's gone. Mark Hamill is gone. 
And he's been waiting in line to get his autograph for like the past four hours, and he's just not there. I, I have expected like the, the next episode to roll and for Ozai to just like come out of the bathroom, like like wiping his hands off. Like, oh, well, this is awkward. <laughs> Pulls the toilet paper off of his shoe. <laughs> Uh, he he's on vacation this week. Oh, sorry, we pencil. Yeah, you guys didn't hear. Yeah, he went down to the Bahamas. Sorry. Um, Ember Island. Finally he went to Firefest. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think that uh, without further ado, uh, that brings us to the end of our another great episode. Um, before we go, uh, we at the end of every episode. Uh, Fado would do what we call... We hand out experience points! Uncle, do you realize what this means? I won't get to finish my game. Shouldn't there be a board or some pieces or something to jangle? I won Dungeons and Dragons, and it was advanced! Evil? Or maybe chaotic neutral? The Demogorgon! What <laughs> deep shit! You've been shot by an arrow. Ow! Well, there'd be penalties to her experience if she acted out of alignment. Well, I'll start with my fail, and... Uh, it's okay if we double dip. We don't all have to have uh, the same. I think you're probably going to have the same. Yeah, I think. Um, and I'm so if I take it for everyone, uh, <laughs> sorry about that. But unfortunately, Sokka gets the the nat one here, and uh, yep. But it was all nerves, you know. I mean, he he was rolling even with dis- he had advantage too, and then the <laughs> DM was like, "I award you inspiration. You should use it." And he used everything. He threw everything he had at this, and um, you know, it it just it became a meme, but not in a good way. And that one diplomacy check, unfortunately. Yeah. So uh, as much as I love Sokka, and he totally made up for it by the end of the episode. Uh, but yeah, some of us, you know what? We can't. He's like the CEO. He's the eccentric CEO that has all these great ideas, but just can't uh, get it out huh. there. So they just stick him as the chief technical officer, and then they have to bring out the Steve Jobs to be like the face of the company. Sorry, yeah. Bob Wozniak. Now, uh, now we had now now I'm trying to imagine Sokka on an episode of like Undercover Boss. <laughs> uh, my. My crit fail, my nat one, is also going to Sokka for a different moment. It's just, Sokka's, I'm sorry, man, you just, you're drawing, it's not, it's not great. Oh, Sokka. It's not great. I know you tried, and it means a lot to me that you tried, but this ain't it, my guy. This ain't it, I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. I would say for a rolling for a one would probably be whoever leaked their plans to the Fire Nation. Oh, yeah. that's we, a good one. We don't know we that yet. Do find out who that is? Or does Azula just kind of say, oh, I've known about it for a while, and we're all just like, yeah, okay, that's fine. I Well, I don't know if we get a specific person, but, uh, yeah, they, um, they suck. They knew too much. <laughs> yeah, Way they too suck. much. They suck. Mm. Why you gotta suck so much? I, I almost feel that there had to have been a mole like yeah. someone who was like part of their side that yeah. was not the Dai Li or some like special agent there was like yeah. someone who they trusted who ended up blabbing it's fucking Bato furry <laughs> um alright crit success do you um, have a crit success babe because I have one I do my crit success is and honestly it was another contender for a crit fail for me that before this uh, Aang, when he kisses Katara and lays it all out there, like, rolls, uh, the best, uh, 
I guess, persuasion, like, sleight of hand, dexterity, like, acrobatics, like, whatever you want to call it, because he just, like, with the hero, just lays one on her, is like, I don't know if I'm ever coming back, babe, uh, and then flies off into the sunset and just leaves Katara there on a battleship, like, or submarine. It's like, it feels like it should have, yeah, it was a total, like the exit just was great. And there should have been like some explosions going off in the background. And like, you know, it was a flock of doves, like flies. I don't know. Like it's just some of the most, it was gets you all hyped and all of the anticipation for the Katang shippers over the past two and a half seasons definitely was worth it. But K- Katara's conversation before this was not romantic at all. She's like, I'm so proud of you. You grew up just for, you started as a little boy. You're like my best brother, friend, brother, friend, brother. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, good for you, Ang, for pushing through that. And I guess public speaking does not run in the family because Katara did not set that up at all. Yeah. Like, Aang really, 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 really likes this girl because uh, basically being told you're a cute kid who I watched grow up and I'm so proud of you. It's like, thanks, mom! Yeah, it's like the equivalent <laughs> of like the awkward side hug. You're yeah. like, alright, thanks so much. For, thanks, bud. But, uh, don't, call, uh, don't call me, I'll call you. <laughs> but yeah, Aang, um, Aang saved it, so that's mine. My crit success is uh, linked to my crit fail, and it's to the machinist for, like, fucking polishing oh, yeah. the turd and making an incredible <laughs> submarine based on Sokka's, like, crude NFT. <laughs> Down to, like, the perfect diameter to fit through yeah, he, like the underwater <laughs> battlements. For my... So, for my... Um, for my job, I lead a team of artists for a, a YouTube person mm-hmm. who makes like animated content or Among Us content. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, I will tell them. I will give them a description of like the task that I want them to do on like the spreadsheet, and then every once in a while, I will sketch them a very crude little sketch, just a very mm-hmm. five second thing. And th- this looks like Sokka just put the description in, like, make a submarine, use water, use water benders to make it go fast, and then d- d- do the sketch and just linked it in the spreadsheet and call it a day. <laughs> water tube. <laughs> water tube. Fauna, what's your, what's your crit success? Um, it would be for both our fire boys, for Iroh busting out, and yeah. for Zuko standing up to Ozai. I think those are technically both those yeah happen in part are two. in the next episode. Oh, are they? Dang yeah. it! Okay, I know. So cut that. Huh. <laughs> but you can still give um, it to Iroh because he yeah. he lets us know what's up. Like he, that's yeah, true. He, okay, so he tells I tells the guard he cares about like not to be around. Yeah, so I give it still to Iroh then. Yeah, because that's probably what I was thinking. Because it's all kind of like tied in. So I give my crit to Iroh in general for having a plan. Yes, planning it, having a plan is useless, but planning is everything. <laughs> uh, wonderful. Well, that has been our show, folks. I think that we're ending on a cliffhanger and, you know, spoilers, we all know, most of us will know what happens uh, in What's the next episode. What's going to happen next time? <laughs> You'll just have to tune in in two weeks 
or go watch the other episode on Netflix right now. <laughs> um, but before we end for today, Fauna, thank you again for being a wonderful guest. Thank you so much. Yeah, this no has problem. been a great time. Yeah. Can you please uh, plug and tell our guests where they can find you on the interwebs? Okay, you guys can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and or send me emails. Um, if you want to listen to podcasts, it is Cat's Teen Witchcraft Podcast. You can listen to it on Apple, Spotify, any major. I think it's even on Audible um, and a bunch of major ones. Um, and Anchor, that's the platform I use to upload everything. So I use Anchor. If you want to reach out to me, you can message me on Instagram, Twitter, or Email. Um, my Instagram is at cats tea in witchcraft at cats tea in witch for Twitter, and my email is cats tea in witchcraft podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget the podcast part; it's it's a part of it. Yeah, we <laughs> um, very similar to you. We have three separate names for those three separate platforms, yeah. and I feel your pain. Yeah, well, because like Twitter didn't want to give me like four extra letters. Uh, so. Yeah, them. So, yep, I just cut it to witch. <laughs> well, we definitely, everyone should go check out Fauna and her lovely podcast. And you can also find us if you are listening, but haven't checked us out on socials yet. You can find us on Twitter at CabbageCast and on Instagram at MyCabbageCast and MyCabbageCast at gmail.com. So thank you to our lovely patrons. You can find us on Patreon. A dollar a month gets you access to our incredible Discord server. Five dollars access to bonus episodes and no pod embossing say. Ten dollars are happy hours and other exclusive events. Twenty dollars a month while, well, you know, you basically are in charge now and we're all your intern Brian's and you can just decide uh, what episodes and content we do for for that month so yeah uh, and and if you uh if you're at all following any of our other exploits and things that we do um we've got a pretty uh pretty cool network announcement coming up in the near future so stay tuned for uh, that that's that uh, this is it happens on this day so we should plug it right now oh it's gonna come Wait. out on the 19th you're right yes you're right <laughs> hey everybody guess what this thing we forgot to talk about we're rebranding the network the network used to be the Movie Night Crew Network, which was a network name that Tina made when she was panicked and they asked for a company name on the podcast that she was uploading. And she was like, uh, 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 the Movie Night Crew. Because that was how it became the Movie Night Crew Network. We had a podcast called the Movie Night Crew that uh, blessedly was taken out uh, to the barn uh, out back and uh, put out of Retired. its history. <laughs> Retired. Um, so that the uh, people that were editing it could do something else with their time because it wasn't bringing them joy anymore. And well, when something stops bringing you joy, sometimes, you you know, <laughs> there's no other reason to podcast. So <laughs> you're not getting joy out of it, <laughs> I, then why do it? Um, we are no longer the Movie Night Crew Network. We are now Deus Ex Media. Flashing new title. We've got a cool new logo. We're going to be at conventions. We're going to be doing all kinds of stuff. Keep tuned. Fan events, er, activism. Yeah. Stay tuned. Keep uh, keep on keeping on, as uh, Sam Porter would say in Death Stranding. I'm Zach. I'm Alex. And this, and has, this been has been My Cabbages! Cabbages. See y'all later. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye, Bye, Yeah, and I forget the next couple.
He's grown a mustache. Once you feel looking in the front row, you Thank can you, see Saka. it. Thank you, Sokka. Dave X Media.